Good evening, everybody out there. Welcome back to the channel, Biblical Truth Central, Brother D. I am actually recording on a day that I typically uh, do not record. But I've been feeling it, you know, in my heart, in my spirit, to get on here and to go ahead and record while I'm in the mood. You know, while I have the time. And when I feel on fire right now, and I say that, I feel on fire because, you know, I've already released uh, two YouTube videos. Um, one video talking about the death of uh, Mr. Chadwick Boseman, um, as far as how I believe that there is some spiritual meaning behind that death. If you want to go check that out, please go ahead and. Go to Biblical Truth Central on YouTube and you'll be able to search that video out. And I also made a video talking about the um, imminent civil war that we have coming. Um, it's not a question of if, but it's a question of when. You know, I don't know about you, but you know that you can cut the tension with a knife. It's so thin it's so apparent, it's so close, that it's very, very <laughs> hard to ignore. So I went into a little bit of detail talking about that as well. So, um, you know, I try very hard to record in a quiet setting. I think the last time I recorded a video, there was some rain in the background. And here I thought I was going to be able to get some you know silence but unfortunately you may hear some talking in the background maybe you just heard it then but um, my neighbor is outside and I'm, I think he's talking to somebody and they are you know God bless them there's some really good people you know they're Christians they believe in the Lord all that good stuff but they're very loud <laughs> really loud to where you know they're outside and then they really uh, use that outside voice that we used to have to use in school you remember when we went outside for recess and it's like you know when you're inside i want you to use your inside voice but then when you go outside you use your outside voice and they really have an outside voice and my youngest child is running around because he's bored. Um, one of my kids, is he's not feeling well. And that's his playmate. And he's unable to play with him right now because, you know, he's sick. So, you know, we're dealing with a lot over here right now. This is the last week was the first week of school. And, you know, my children are doing... Uh, virtual learning so they're doing all of their schooling at home we've decided to keep them home uh, not necessarily because of COVID-19 but because of the potential um, problems that the school board is going to cause for our children and I know this to be true because there are parents that are local here in the city that have decided to send their children back to public school and they're already having problems. You know, those poor kids are having to wear masks when they enter the room. They can take them off when they get in the room to the desk. 
They have to take off, they have to put the mask back on if they have a question. You know, if they raise your hand, you got to put your mask on to talk. I think that's just crazy. Absolutely insane. You cannot go to the bathroom unless it's an emergency. So you have to be like milliseconds away from peeing in your pants, apparently, just to go to the bathroom. Folks, this is no longer about a virus. This is about control. We picked on to that in the middle of this mess. This is about control. And since they are so driven by control, control freaks, wanting to make people do what they want to do, we decided that we were going to keep our kids at home. And that's exactly what we're doing. The Lord has put us in a position to be able to do so. And that's just what we're going to do. It's not that bad. Um, it's a little nerve-wracking because everything is via internet. You you have to just pray that, you know, the internet connection is, you know, cool. Because, you know, on our end, the internet's fine. But the teacher's end, sometimes it can be a little choppy. You know, they're dealing with 50-plus kids at a time per class. So, I don't know. You know, I can imagine how, how nerve-wracking that can be. But I would much rather my kids be close to me, near me, in my in my in my grips, you know, in my in arm's reach, I'll say. Because, you know, this year has been a year to remember. It has been a year that a lot of people didn't expect. It's been a year and it's still going. And I feel that we need to keep our kids close. I feel that the enemy is completely on a full-out assault on our children. And as parents, we need to make sure that we're being responsible and, you know, doing all we can to protect our kids. Um, not just, you know, physically, but protecting them spiritually and even educating them at this point, okay? So in today's episode... I think this is like episode 33, I think. It should be 33 by now. Yeah, we're getting up there. You know, just the consistency is, is great. And I thank God for um, putting it on my heart to get this ball rolling again. I'm happy. You know, I, there are a few people who listen, but that's fine with me. You know, I don't do this for the numbers. I do this to get a message out. And the Lord will bring it to whomever needs to hear it. So as I was going through some YouTube comments today from some of the videos that I created, um, I came across a pretty interesting comment that made me do some some digging um, in the scriptures. And I want I want to go ahead and share this comment that this person wrote on my on my video. I'm not sure if they're a subscriber or did they just find the channel. I don't know. I, he, this person may be a subscriber, to be honest. But I'm going to read the comment that he wrote because it's interesting. It's it's worth listening to, okay? And let's see. This was, this was written three hours ago. He says, who remembers 40 years ago? So that's already telling me he's, you know, he's, he's up in age. Who remembers 40 years ago? Praying through at the altar, 
sawdust, old time tent revivals, lasting months, church revivals, lasting weeks, fasting 21 days, watch night services, washing the saints' feet, right hand of fellowship, red back hymns, old time Holy Ghost camp meetings. Saturday night prayer meetings and Friday night and Wednesday night altar calls. Wow, that seems like some really old school worshiping, to be honest. Um, you know, we really don't see a lot of that in the church today. And really going to be putting emphasis on the church in this on this podcast. He continues on to say, folks, I've sinned. I've fallen short. I've failed. We lost the old path, the old way. We rejected God. We took the shortcut. We dropped the torch and the baton. I have to agree with him on that. Amen. He continues with, judgment is coming. The door of mercy is closing. 2,000 years of mercy, grace, and long-suffering from God is enough. Ichabod to the Laodicean church. Leo, um, excuse me. Yeah, Laodicean church. Decentralized of the 501c is needed. Mature the bride and put on her bridal's garment. Goes on the right hashtag. Even so, come to the Lord Jesus, days of Noah, days of Lot, days of Daniel. Can you imagine washing feet in the modern church? I surmise 90% of the modern church, heralding never, fasted 21 days, no food, only water, shame and folly. He continues this with... um. A little bit more but before I go to the rest of the comment I you know he, he said something that really stuck with me he said you know can you imagine feet washing in the modern church I absolutely cannot imagine that because too many people are trying to look fancy at church now too many people are trying to outdo each other in the church now there's so much pride that's in the church now that I don't see anybody humble enough that would even willing to be even get on their knees in front of somebody, let alone wash their feet. You know, we, we have to remember that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. And the scriptures tell us that there is no man greater than his master. No man greater than his master. But yet there are people in the church today who feel that they are more superior than God. Possibly not with their words, but with their actions. For Jesus said it himself. Many, many profess to love me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. How many people on a daily basis say, I love God. No, Jesus is my Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Jesus, fix it. 
I've been seeing that a lot lately. Jesus, fix it. Jesus, fix it. Jesus, fix it. What is Jesus like a handyman? Jesus, fix it. So we so we giving demands to the Lord now. We're giving demands to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We're, we're giving demands to he who died on the cross. Really? Is that what we're doing now? You know, the Lord just put something on my heart. Let me let me go ahead and share something with y'all. You know, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Jesus Christ here, okay? We we are talking about the Lord. Let me put a, a bookmark here where I originally was. We are talking about Jesus Christ. And to think that there are people who have the nerve to try to boss him around and treat him like a genie. Are you insane? Let's listen to what God the Father has to say about his son. I'm in Hebrews chapter 1. And I've read this several times. And I read it the day before yesterday. And it just, every time I read it, it just really puts me on my knees. And puts things in perspective. How God the Father calls his son God. Hebrews chapter 1 starting at verse 5 says, For to which of the angels did he ever say? And this is God speaking, quote, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, this is the words of God. Let all the angels of God worship him. And the angels say, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers the flame of fire? But to the son, he says, this is God. Now listen very closely. But to the son, he says, quote, God speaking, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A sepulcher of righteousness is a sepulcher of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. I'm going to stop right there. Oh, my gosh. That's so heavy. God the Father calling his son God. Calling him God. He said, your throne, God. This is God the Father talking to his son, Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. Do you understand how significant that is? Do you understand how serious that is? For God the Father to say such a thing to his son. Now, we all know that Jesus is God in the flesh. We know that. But to hear it come out of the mouth 
of his father puts things in a whole other level. Jesus, he deserves all the praise, all the worship, all the glory forever and ever. For he has a name that is above all names. He is to be praised. He is mighty. He is the creator of all things. And we got people who use his name in vain. We got people who treat him like a like a genie. We got people who have no respect whatsoever for our king. No respect. Listen. This is the time to be getting serious. This is the time to be seeking him out. And allowing him to deal with you. If you're somebody out there who feels this way about Christ. God will not be mocked. Amen. Let me go ahead and finish this brother's comment. He says, the Lord is sending me to each local body. They are truly the Laodicean church. I've seen hundreds. They are dead. The Haralanes don't want his word. They don't want to hear it. The wheat and the tares have grown together. So this, this, this brother in Christ travels. He says he goes to different churches, you know, just to observe and to share the word of God. And from his observation, they are Laodicean. We'll learn what that is when I get into the book of Revelation. Continuing, he says, there will be a civil war between right and left, and there will be no election. That's a pretty big prediction. And that's not the first time I've heard that. I've heard several people say that. No, I haven't been led to say such a thing. I haven't seen anything that would indicate such a thing. But I also would not be opposed to believing it. So it, it very well may not be an election. I don't know. Continuing, he says, I am a dead dog. I am no prophet. I am a sinner. I want to warn you that believes, believe President Trump and the USA are saving us. There is an agenda and a vaccine that will be forced upon you. God is against and divided Israel. God is against a vaccine for the corona fraud. Amen to that. You know, I completely agree with that mess. Corona fraud, pandemic, it's all nonsense, folks. 60 days. God is judging America and the world. His judgment has been delayed many years. And I'm warning you. So he's saying in 60 days, we're going to start seeing judgment. Again, that's a claim. Possibly the Lord told him. I don't know. But we are to be mindful and pay attention to the times that we're in. Israel was led away to Babylonian captivity. 
do you think America is greater? We have enjoyed mercy for 2,000 years. The door of mercy of 2,000 years is coming to a close. Repent. Judgment is coming. Even so, come Lord Jesus. He goes on to say, plan and prepare now. August 15th, next mandate. That was um, a little over a week ago. Are you willing to break the law and get arrested for not wearing a mask? Personally, I do not believe there will be an election. That's the second time he said that. So I do not think a large city will be a safe place to await the tribulation. So where to go? I've been west to Spring Rocks, but not safe. Colorado Springs. Colorado was totally fallen. The church there is full of homosexuality. The Lord sent me to Wyoming. Cheyenne has fallen. I feel led to move north. And I'm willing to hold here and assess Revive the Nation Ministries until the Lord orders me to flee. I am a Revelation Saint. I believe that this is a rally point, but we need to be mobile. This man is is somebody who is really, really diligent, I'd say. And obviously the Lord is showing him things that he is not revealing to everybody. You know, if God wanted us all to, you know, some people, they, they a lot of people make these videos and they say things like, well, you know, the Lord told, compelled me to move to um, New York or to move to Dakota or something and to leave this state because something's about to go down. You know, I've been listening to somebody for the past month or so. And he's saying that Florida is a, is a dangerous place to stay and that the Lord told him to leave. Well, guess what? Uh, Brother D stays in Florida, too. Um, I've been living in Florida for 30, almost 35 years. And I've never felt the Lord tell me to move. But if he does, I'm sure that I will. But I believe that God has a mission for each and every one of us. And sometimes it's his will for people to move around. Sometimes he wants you to stay put. I mean, I don't know. He goes on to say, I'm begging you to pray and seek shelter. This calm before the storm is short-lived. Hell on earth will be released shortly. Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? Is the pre-tribulation rapture a lie to deceive the Laodicean church? Anyway, the birth pains are here. Prepare for deception. Now, I'm not here to speculate whether the rapture is pre-tribulation or post. Um, that argument gives me a headache, honestly. And I wish that it wasn't something that people argued about. But unfortunately, you know, it, it is. So, but for whatever reason, people just can't seem to agree that no matter what, we need to be ready for for, for anything. You know, don't be too comfortable, but at the same time, don't lack confidence in God either. You know, let's let's be wise. Let's be smart. Amen. Um, there's a little bit more that he he talks about here. He gives me his number and so on and so forth. Say so he tells me where he currently is. And, he, you know, he gave me some scripture to read. But, um, 
you know, I, I kind of want to just get into the meat of the, the um, podcast here, you know, like almost 25 minutes in. Uh, the point was, you know, he went to all these churches and found that, you know, they were just, they were dead and weak, pretty much. And so I, I looked into the scripture that he recommended, which was Revelation 3. And in Revelation 3, you know, it's talking about three different type of churches. And I'm going to read those, the scripture to you in a few minutes. But uh, the three churches that Jesus is referring to is the dead church, uh, the faithful church, and the lukewarm church. Goodness, you know, I can, whew, I can say a lot about this. <laughs> I really can, you know, just, you know, read these verse, these verses and, and, you know, I don't want to just point fingers at, oh, that church is dead. That church is on fire. It's, it remains to be seen because every church is not spirit filled. There are literally some churches in my city, in your city, that operate just like a business. They open at a specific time they end the service at a specific time they take up an offering you know and they have a budget they have a bank account you know it sounds like a business to me 501c3 if you don't know what that is those are churches that have tax exempts which means they keep everything they got but at the cost of having doctrine twisted. There are certain things that 501c3 churches cannot preach about. Certain things they can't teach. Certain things they can't touch. Otherwise, the government's going to come knocking on the door. And take away their exemption privilege. And in case you were wondering, yes, these churches must submit their scriptures or or what do you call them um their sermons i wouldn't be surprised if they had to submit their sermons you know every year or every or quarterly possibly you know have you ever seen the movie god's not dead i think it was the second one i believe i think and um there was a there was a point where these pastors were meeting and they were all nervous and stuff because they knew that they had to submit their their sermons to to the um to the government and if and if those sermons did not meet the requirements of i guess the deal that they worked out they would probably i guess shut their church down or strip them of their of their um privileges and a lot of these churches have compromised they've compromised for the sake of money you know they've chosen um the 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 pathway of of, of finances over the pathway of truth. And that's a very, very dangerous thing to do, folks. So let me go ahead and get into this scripture reading. We don't want to make this too much longer. You know, because I know all of you have, you know, lives. Y'all got things to do. You got places to go. So on and so forth. Um, you know, actually, Jesus starts talking about the church in Revelation 2. Um, but I'm not going to read that. If you want to read that on your own, you can go right ahead and do so. And the, the churches that he talks about 
in Revelation 2 is the loveless church, the persecuted church, the compromise and the compromising church and the corrupt church. Woo. A lot of different churches. We're going to focus on these three churches here in the um, chapter three, starting with verse one. And it says, and the angel of the church of Sardis writes, these things say, he who has, who he, see, he who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works that you have named and you are alive, but you are dead. You are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that we are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, have you received and heard and hold fast and repent? Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come to you as a thief. And you will not know the hour I come to you. You have a name, even Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name in the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church, the dead church. Woo! man okay wow so i can give a a perfect example of what a dead church is a dead church is a church that at one point used to be alive right you can't name something dead if it was never alive so it, it, it's an example of a church that Probably had good doctrine, spirit-filled, um, singing, great fellowship. You know, just was a great place to come to worship. Like the type of church that you just couldn't wait to go to on Wednesday nights and Saturday and Sundays. That type of church. That's what you call, you know, just a spirit-filled church. Well, depending on, you know, who pastors the church, depending on where the doctrines go, where the motives go, sometimes some churches can lose their luster. And members start leaving, doc, um, sermons start getting sounding kind of boring and watered down. The perfect example of this is the church that I grew up in. It's a church here in Pensacola, Florida. Um, I don't want to say the name of the church because, you know, I'm not trying to be a um, a stumbling block. I'm not trying to be somebody that um, puts anybody in the body of Christ down. Why this happened to this church, I have no idea. I don't know. But the church I grew up in, um, I when I was a kid, you know, it was like, it was boring then, to be honest with you. <laughs> my mom, she went to the same church with my grandmother because my grandmother would take me to church. But my grandparents were going to this church even when my mom was a little girl. And she told me back in the 70s that the church was actually, you know, a, a legit place. But over time, it started, you know, wearing down. And I don't know, I guess the heart of the, the reverend started changing. Well, the church ended up dying. Because the pastor, 
his sermons was they started sounding more and more weak, more and more watered down. Everything was just so um, orchestrated and organized. There was no life. There was nothing to be excited about. I mean, you just did not feel the spirit in that church at all. It was it was the type of church that you just couldn't wait until one o'clock hit so you can just get up and get out because you know you know you don't want to leave church in the middle of church even if it's boring but i'm telling you it was it was just dead it's like there was no effort whatsoever to invite god into that church it it turned into something that was repetitive it turned into something that was routine it didn't it lost its sincerity honestly it did and that's just that um, eventually, that, that pastor ended up leaving that church, and another pastor started pastoring there. I don't really know how it was. So um, that guy had to basically rebuild that church from the ground. Um, the original pastor, he eventually ended up passing away. Um, but that's just an example right there because there's a lot of churches that, you know, were once on fire for God, but then they just ended up passing away. Right, I'm going to go keep reading my verse 7. And the angel of the Lord... Excuse me. And the angel of the church in Philadelphia wrote, These things say, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key to David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know, and to know that I have loved you. Verse ten is kind of it's kind of heavy. It says, "Because you have kept my command to preserve." I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come unto the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. If that doesn't sound like the tribulation, I don't know what does. Again, I'm not here to, to speculate uh, pre-trib, post-trib. I don't know. I just know we need to be ready. But this verse here says that the faithful church, God is going to protect them. And the whole world's gonna be tested. That sounds like the great tribulation. You know, but I but I digress. Verse eleven Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of my city of my God. The new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear, who is the spirit of the church. Don't think for one second that the Lord doesn't see the saints out there that's really trying. Don't think for one second that the Lord is not going to protect those who truly walk by faith who truly live holy and righteous. These are the ones he's talking about. And those who have honored him, those who serve him, the Lord promises to protect them during the hour of trial. 
that's going to test the whole world. He promised. You know, sometimes that doesn't, sometimes that's not talking about a church building. You know, everybody likes to associate church with buildings. But, folks, the church is us. We are the body of Christ. You got people that's gathering in houses, garages. You got people that's gathering in basement and attics. You got people that's gathering at parks. People gather everywhere. You know, the Bible says that where two or more gather, there I am in the midst of them. Let's finish this up uh, with verse 14. And this is definitely probably the one I'm going to spend the most time on. Speaking of the lukewarm church. And the angel of the church of Laodicea writes, These things say the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and become wealthy and need nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. It is not sounding like Jesus is happy right now, folks. We got this false prosperity gospel that's running through the church, that's trying to show people to have your best life now and focus on nothing but finances. We got churches out here that's overreaching, trying to promote equality, trying to promote tolerance by having homosexual pastors in the pulpit. We got these churches that's not preaching about sin because, again, they're 501c3 churches. So they don't want to tell people the truth. They don't want to tell people to repent. And because they compromise the truth, the members leave the church not fed. They leave the church with assumptions. They leave the church like they can live their life any way they want to live. But God has grace and God is forgiving. They live their life in such a manner. But, you know, I, I, um, I, I often see. I often see things like this every single day. Because, number one, <laughs> it's all over the TV. You know, your your Joel Osteens, your Kenneth Copeland's, Joseph Prince, all these people. You got all these people, right? The face of Christianity. And to somebody who's not saved or in the process of coming to Christ, that's the first. Those are some of the first people that they run to. Because they when they think of church, they think of what they see on TV, and they listen to the messages that they have, you know, like Stephen Furtick, all these motivational speakers, all these inspirational people. But they're not preaching about sin. They're not preaching about uh, condemnation if you're not saved. They're not preaching about hell. All they're doing is preaching about positivity and, and, and enlightenment and really a bunch of new age garbage. That's what they're preaching. And because of it, it's creating a Luke warm church you would not have a lukewarm church if you didn't have pastors in the pulpit giving lukewarm messages because it begins with the pastors 
The Bible says that a, a pastor is a shepherd. And that shepherd is responsible for their flock. Amen. They are responsible for the doctrine, the teaching, the preaching, making sure that the congregation is well and fed, taken care of. But they've compromised. And they've made the church lukewarm. And it's going to drag a lot of people straight to hell. And these pastors are going to answer for it. They are going to be judged very harshly. Let me wrap this up. Verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich in white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not come and reveal and anoint your eyes with the slime that you may see as many as I love I rebuke and chasten therefore be zealous and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant and sit with me in my throne as also overcome and sat down with my father on, my, on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. The Lord is gracious. And he says these things to warn the church of their current status, to warn them where they are right now. Because he wants everybody, everybody to come to repentance. Everybody. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you are in life. Doesn't matter about your past. God didn't care. He wants you to repent. He wants us to get right. He wants us to go to heaven. The Bible tells us that God gets no pleasure out of anybody going to hell. No pleasure. But he wishes and wants people to come to repentance. To get saved. But God is a gentleman. Such a gentleman that he is not willing to force himself upon anybody. But he gives you a choice. He gives us free will to make up in our, our minds whether we want to accept Jesus as our Savior. He that has an ear, let him hear. If you have eyes to see, keep them open. Because the signs are around us. The warning signs, God speaking loud. It's the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Coming to Christ. Will you do it? I sure hope so. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Biblical Truth Central. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Biblical Truth Central. Check out my website, Biblical Truth Central. Biblical Truth Central, everything. <laughs> check it out, everybody. I really appreciate your support. Thank you very much again for tuning in. Be sure to share this on your social media. Share it with somebody that you love. Bring them over to the ministry. And if it blesses you, let it bless somebody else, you know? All right, I'll see y'all in the next episode. Stay blessed, stay in Christ, keep praying. Peace.